is Bloomberg Surveillance. The Fed's focused on really two and a half things. They're focused on jobs, they're focused on inflation, and now they're focused on global financial conditions as of last August. There's a lot of talk of a U.S. recession. I think it's grossly exaggerated. The U.S. is the largest economy in the world, and we've got to be a good citizen. But our goal is not to stabilize the Chinese stock market. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Tom Keene and Michael McKee. We welcome all of you Friday. Bloomberg Surveillance, what a week it has been. We'll continue the discussion here, try to frame the week, frame where we are now, a better tape. Get into the weekend. What's the weekend reading? And then we get on to next week as well. I have just been told I may not be working on Monday, which... Uh, <clears throat> Thanks, Wayu, for letting me know that. I really could have, like, I could have planned, like, to do my laundry or, or, or whatever. You know, thank you. Yeah, well, Wayu wants me to, Wayu and uh, folks, my producer this morning, wanted me to come in, uh, uh, this morning. Futures up 17, Dow futures up 121. Uh, risk on a little fragiler, if that's a word, than it was at 7 and 6 a.m. this morning, but we'll take it. It's a better tape, uh, this morning. Bloomberg surveillance. This Friday, uh, presented by Cone Resnick, accounting tax advisory in the affordable housing industry. Your business needs transformative advice from the industry-leading experts, Cone Resnick. Find out why at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, ConeResnick.com. What a great conversation with Michael McKee and Mickey Levy of Behringer Capital Markets. Sort of a economic Fed view. Let's switch our perspective to make you smarter and have more insight on what we've observed this week. Benjamin Emmons, Ben Emmons, is with Leader Capital, an extinguished career at PIMCO, including writing like a book a month or something. He was part of the Book a Month Club on finance and on fixed income and the dynamics that we see, the Newtonian mechanics of yield and price across all that's going on. And Ben Emmons to give us a briefing uh, right now. Uh, ben, let me cut to the chase. If, ye- if price is up and yield is down so much, is there a point where you have to get out of fixed income because it's just price to perfection? Uh, good morning, Tom. Um, well, yeah, you, you would say that because, you know, I- I was kind of looking at this this morning, so yields are a bit up now, and I found it extraordinary that we went through this big fight to quality episode again, and just like in 2008 and 1998 with the stress. And normally what then happens is that what they call term premium, right, the difference between the yield and inflation expectations and short-term interest rate expectations, that term premium is actually positive. That's very different than previous episodes when it's negative. In other words, yields have then fallen too much, and some point right. the catalyst reverses that that, uh, okay. that trend. So I think you know here here we are at a point where positive term premium, any kind of catalyst would actually indicate we'd see some okay. reversal of this fight of quality. We got to back up, folks. There was a massive level of jargon there. Right. It was like when Frank Frabozzi did the Alka Seltzer commercial 25 years ago. There are four components of the yield curve, just in the the classic literature. One of them, Lord Emmons, is the idea of term premium. Describe that. When when pros like you talk about the dynamics of term premium, what are you talking about? Right. So what I talk about is that you know, if you buy a security, a fixed income security, there's, the yield consists out of expectations for inflation as well as for short-term interest rates. And then there's some residual left of that well, you buy the security and anything that can happen, you know, there's a volatility component in there too. And so if you add those all up together, that gives you that yield. So the term premium is really like this, this 
idea of like this is this residual excess return that I'm getting to buy a long-term uh, government bond or long-term fixed income security. So over time, this term premium fluctuated a lot, um, you know, as interest rate expectations changed. I think as we are right now here, like we had last year, a period of time with negative term premium, and then we sort of reversed that and long-term interest rates went up. We're now kind of in the opposite situation, positive <clears> term <throat> premium, but with low rates. And my concern here is, is that this is probably mostly driven by inflation expectations being way too low, driven by energy. So if any energy reversal were to happen from right. here, you know, that would actually then normalize inflation expectations, would drive interest rates up higher. And that may, that may be the okay. case. Yeah. That is one outcome and one set of outcomes. What I want to know, and folks, we're going to do a little bit of Newton here, the idea of inertial force. We've once again driven down to low yields, high price, low yields. Is there an inertial force that, here's a key phrase, folks, keeps us here or is it pointy and stochastic where your experience is we leap down, find some yield, and then turn around and go the other way? Which is it? Well, I think if, if I want to take it back to a couple of days ago when you spoke with William White about this idea of this interest rate illusion that you mentioned, right, where we, we, we are in this negative rate territory. There's actually – it's not clear what the floor on interest rates really is, right, and so – people are quite uncertain about how deep, deep negative you can go. So I think if that uncertainty sort of abates from that, that people see like, well, clearly markets are rejecting the negative nominal interest rates being a good thing. And as that is, gets rejected, probably the, the perception is too like, yeah, negative nominal interest rates are not here something that could stay, that there would be a catalyst to this reversal of, of long-term interest rates going up again. So... I think that's one reason why, and, and, and the thing is too, Tom, is that we know that uh, the Fed will go slow with its Fed policy rate. Right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't want to go up fast, but the reverse of nominal negative rates is much faster. And an example of that was last year in Germany when negative nominal interest rates suddenly reversed really quickly, and it led to this huge jump in interest rates. And, and that was without the, the ECB signaling anything of a future rate hike or something like that. So I think this idea of these negative nominal rates, we had this discussion this morning with yeah. different, different guests, that, you know, it's not acceptable by, by many. And so right. that reversal of those negative nominal interest rates will be a big catalyst for, for rising right. long-term interest rates. Okay, I, I, I want to pin you down on this, Ben Hammonds. And, folks, we're not going to, like, go for quotes or facts here. To be honest, it's wicked, squishy research. If I go to negative rates and I go 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0.3, if I go to Swedish, 0 0.7, 0 0.8. It's a curved effect. It's a quadratic function. It's a curved function with greater acceleration of impulse into society. Do you have half a clue of where the banks need to be where negative rates actually affect banks or negative rates actually affect the people, the citizens using those banks. Right, and that, that, that level of n negative nominal rate is not clear what that Thank precise you. level is. I think that we already are in, the impact is already there through financial markets, that bank stocks are down significantly because it's just simply uh, a negative nominal rate uh, you know, crushes their net interest margin. Right? And people, people see this as a really a negative thing, but when it comes down to the consumer, how it will be passed on, that's not clear yet because... 
the only thing that we know so far, like in, in the experience of countries like Sweden, is that actually what happened was that, that there was more an, a property bubble appearing right, as a result of this negative nominal rate. Right. And, uh, and so it means that people are doing something with money in hard assets mm -hmm. as opposed to keeping it in the bank. So if, if Sweden is our benchmark, so to speak, then at negative 0.5, No, there's probably you know a, a, a potential floor on, on that on that number. You know, if you're seeing property bubbles appearing, but again, right. as I said, as you mentioned a few days ago too, this is illusion, right? We don't really know what the real floor on interest rates is. Interest rate illusion, yeah. Right. Thank you. So every time that's mentioned on here, folks, I get four cents. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So so I think that the nominal the, the floor is not clear. So to your question is that how will what will be that rate for, for ultimately uh, consumers to be impacted that they're going to do something with right. cash in the economy? Not 100% sure, no. but, it, you know, that, 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 that's the idea from central bankers to incentivize people to do something with cash. It's, it's clear only markets are rejecting right. the idea. That's, that's the, the issue that we have here. Al Ben Emmon speaking and listening in Germany is Mr. Schäuble. I'm kidding, folks. Greek stabilization fund must be ready before review. Schäuble, Greek must meet its program obligations. What is this, a flashback to 18 months ago? Schäuble, Eurogroup urged Portugal for more reforms if needed. Schäuble, EU stability pact must be reliably applied. I think I just had a, you know, fashion Michael Barr was so different at the end of 2014. My bow ties were totally different the back when these headlines no, were out there. Great. And this really underscores, folks, what's changed this week, which is all of a sudden the adjacencies are upon us. Peripheral Europe. Again, becoming important this week with better spreads uh, this morning. But um, the Schäuble headlines seriously um, really showing the um, the spreading out of financial crisis away from a focal point of a given major central bank. We'll continue with Ben Edwards with Leader Capital here in a moment. Futures, um, futures are up 20. They've given that back. I still want to be optimistic. Green on the screen, but less so than we were an hour ago, up 14, Dow Futures up 97, West Texas Intermediate, 27.43, up $1.22. Brent crude pulling back a little bit, 31, uh, 30. Gold was negative $9, right now negative $6, so just a little bit pull away from the risk on uh, trade. Mexican peso has my attention, 19.19 on dollar peso. And now for our news from New York City. Here's Michael Barr. Tom, thank you very much. The World Health Organization says a possible Zika vaccine is at least 18 months away from large-scale trials. The WHO also says it's becoming more and more likely that there is a link between the mosquito-borne virus and abnormally small heads in some newborn children. Secretary of State John Kerry says significant accomplishments have been made in Syria truce talks in Munich, but much more work must be done to achieve a full-fledged ceasefire. Diplomats from the U.S., Russia, and other powers have agreed to try to work out details and implement a temporary cessation of hostilities by the end of next week. Hillary Clinton accused Bernie Sanders of diminishing President Obama's record in the White House. Sanders called that a low blow. 
Clinton and Sanders held their debate last night in Milwaukee. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Tom? Michael, thanks so much. Uh, the yen, 112.67, weaker after a brutal Asia morning. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update is brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer. When it comes to winter elements, put your best four wheels forward with Mercedes-Benz 4Matic all-wheel drive. Visit your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer for a test drive today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising in line with European equities and oil prices. And let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are trading higher after yesterday's sell-off. Dow futures currently higher by 103 points. SBs gained 14 and NASDAQ futures rise by 28. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.68%. Overnight in Asian markets, the Nikkei fell 4.8%. Shanghai reopens on Monday. Main UK markets are rising, led by 2.3% gains in Italy. Commerce Bank jumped 15% in Germany after results, while Deutsche Bank is trading higher by 8%. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, import price index and retail sales. At 10 o'clock, business inventories and Michigan sentiment. Estimate 92.3. After the Bell last night, Wind Resort CPS beat estimates. And AIG Q4 operating loss was wider than estimates. Also added a $5 billion buyback and boosted its dividend. And then there's Jamie Dimon bought half a million shares of J.P. Morgan yesterday. And BTIG says Square may be a takeout target after Visa bought a stake. Finally, some of your key Wall Street upgrades and downgrades this morning. ConAgra Foods raised to buy at Bank of America. At Deutsche Bank, Quintiles and Equifax raised to buy. Netflix cut to market perform at FBR. At J.P. Morgan, Bungie raised to overweight. Boeing cut to neutral. And finally, Bed Bath & Beyond cut to market perform at Oppenheimer. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type Squawk Go on your terminal, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K-Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thank you so much. Many headlines out of Germany right now, Merkel and Schauble uh, talking it up. But, Mike, there are germane headlines there. The finance minister, Deutsche Bank, has enough capital. Deutsche Bank is resilient, well-positioned. Mike, please read the last headline. Well, you've got uh, Schäuble saying Deutsche Bank is a strong bank. Uh, if you've got to ask, <laughs> we were we were. I, I was just out on the, on the Bloomberg Go set, and they were playing some of the 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 bank analysts that they had interviewed during the week. Yeah. One of them said the name is on the door, so the government will take well, care of Deutsche Bank. Um, whether or not they actually get any aid, yeah, investors are liking it better. The stock in euros. Yeah. Up 7.6%. Yeah, some nice move here of recovery. I would point out, folks, we do not give opinions on what world leaders are going to do. No. Much of the literature today uh, is quite clear uh, that uh, the, the jawboning has begun. What do you got over there, Michael? Yeah, another Schäuble headline saying Deutsche Bank has enough capital. Now, that's the key headline. Yeah. That's what people want to know. They're afraid that uh, Deutsche yeah. might not be able to... Okay. 
meet its obligations. Which brings us to our guest, Ben Emmons, who, among a series of really important and usable books, The Financial Domino Effect. Ben, what's the domino level here? Is German leader's jawbone? Do you, as a bond guy, set up sequences between a given bank A and bank C, F, and Q? Right. So I, I, thanks for highlighting that, because what we actually probably went through was that sort of domino idea, right? The, the, the fact that a number of days ago... Credit it, Suisse missed earnings, not right. better, and all, and all that. that yeah. Exactly. So so as, as it became unclear whether Deutsche Bank could actually pay off some of its cocoa bonds, right, so to speak, uh, you know, it led to this cascading effect that maybe all the other banks are dealing with this issue too. I think that's really ironic, actually, if you... If all these banks have done so much effort to delever and build up capital and they've issued debt to, you know, that's part of that capital that suddenly that debt is no longer being seen as something good, but it's, it's, an, it's a negative, and that then has this spiral effect. So that's your financial domino effect because what it did was that it pressured down global equity markets and drove down bond yields and caused volatility. What you're seeing maybe here with Schauble is more the political aspect of it. The political domino is more about, well, you get the job owning, and as Mike says, like, so as he says, strong bank, that's sort of your, uh, you know, maybe your moral, moral hazard idea, like, you know, we're backing Deutsche Bank, right? If, if anything, we're going to do what it takes to keep these, these banks uh, afloat because they know that Deutsche Bank is a major, major systemic important institution for the German economy. And that's sort of the, the response maybe by others, too, that, that people are going to step up political you know, political figures step up and say, like, well, our banks are resilient, they're, they're, they're rock solid, so to speak. Right? So I think that's, that's those are the linkages. Um, do say that this domino idea, it, it, it tends to at some point just play out in an extreme, and I think that's what we went through just a few days, why maybe today, you know, we're seeing some sort of reversal. Right? Uh, hopefully data mm-hmm. at, at 5.30 uh, comes out a little bit better, will be another, another catalyst, but that tends to be the case, right? The domino effect starts yeah. with something unknown and gets to an extreme, and then it then it disappears. Well, this is what markets are supposed to do. I mean, if your institution isn't up to standards, they should put pressure on it. Uh, right. But the problem is the timing. When the rest of the world is, you know, in full panic mode, it doesn't help to um, to to have these kind of problems. Correct. I think the markets is is like a referee, so it's they they you know they put discipline. On, on uh, establishment right, to make changes in case uh, you know there's, there's just real concerns about the health of a bank or the health of a, of a government, and then indeed the necessary steps are taken as a result of this market volatility. Uh, I mean that happened actually some, to some extent yesterday in Yellen's testimony too. I had a lot of like concerns about market volatility, how it would impact the economy. What is the Fed going to do? Same idea. Um, uh, which, by the way, I think on that point, uh, it was not clear really what the Fed will do against that. But in the case of here with banks, is it that politicians step forward because the market puts discipline on them to say, well, you know, we'll back, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. make changes here, right? We'll, we'll back the banks and we'll make changes. Ben Evans, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Leader Capital. Oh, look at this. Um, <clears throat> now what? Deutsche Bank, going to the markets. Oh, there are those folks. These are serious headlines. Mike, help us with this. And well, let's we don't see have any details does. yet. We just yeah, have a futures just they're, shoot up. They're reporting a public ten- – they're going to buy back debt. Which they, they, this is what, they did yeah. talk about this the other day, um, buying back some of their outstanding debt, $3 billion, three billion euros uh, debt buyback of senior unsecured debt. Um, and in a statement, they say their strong liquidity right. position allows the buyback. As you mentioned, the stock shooting up. It is now 
10% higher uh, in euro terms in uh, early U.S. trading. Right. It's 9% higher. Across the board, risk on futures went plus 13 to plus 16 in a heartbeat. Yields higher. West Texas higher. 27.70. Brent crude back to 31.50. We'll watch gold and see uh, what that does in terms of price. Still $8 a barrel. And these are just out. These headlines have barely been digested uh, by the market. Yes, the yen weaker as well, 112.79. Again, Deutsche Bank acts on the speculation of earlier this week, Deutsche Bank to buy back debt, uh, a public tender. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special offers during the only adventure sales event, Land Rover Above and Beyond. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It's 830. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keen, Economic Indicators, brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Vinny Del Judice, we have retail sales out. The American consumer comes through again. Yes, spending money, Michael, up 0.2% in January, topping forecast a 0.1% increase. Moreover, December had been initially reported as a decline. Now it's reported revised as an increase up 0.2%. The control group, retail sales control group, which uh, uh, excludes a lot of the volatility, up 0.6%, twice what economists were looking for. So generally speaking, some strong data on retail sales today. Inflation numbers, import price index keeps falling down 1.1% month over month down 6.2% year over year again retail sales the control group as well both up Import price index down. At the Bloomberg First Word Desk, I'm Vinny Del Let's go back to New York. And let me just add, Tom, uh, the two-tenths percent gain, if you take out gasoline, which fell 3%, yeah. you have a four-tenths percent gain. So it's really um, – it's the, the uh, gasoline has been falling, but Americans are spending the rest of the money. And revisions are pretty good. I, I yeah. want to paint a constructive uh, picture. We need to do a data check into Christopher Wheeler. Mike, I'm going to have you bring in uh, Chris Wheeler, who's been of such help in this crisis. But you need to know more risk on folks. We were up 20, up 13. The Deutsche Bank announcement up 20 now. Higher future prices, yen weaker. A 113 on yen. That's three big figures uh, over the last 12 hours of trading for yen. The 10-year yield 1.69%. Uh, and Mike McKee, even oil celebrates up a dollar 67, 27.87. Well, it is definitely a turnaround day, and Deutsche Bank uh, doing what had been suggested uh, earlier in the week. They're going to buy back debt, a tender offer, uh, open for seven business days, uh, 3 billion euros in debt, uh, 2 billion euros uh, for U.S. dollar-denominated debt. Chris Wheeler is a banking analyst for Atlantic Equities, and it's not a surprise. This was talked about, but it does seem to be having a, a very salutary effect on Deutsche Bank shares and the banking industry in general. 
Yes, I mean, I think when they announced it or they touched on it on Tuesday morning after Monday's debacle, um, obviously the, it helped the stock uh, stabilise and, and bounce back a little bit. We had yesterday's um, decline. I think what they wanted to show was this was not just them putting on a show and saying they might do something. They've now come out and said we are going to buy back these, these bonds if we can. They're trading just below par and we'll make a gain that will go to shareholders' funds and boost our capital and, and uh, obviously, as I said, our, our profitability. It's, I mean, three billion euros is not that much additional capital. Uh, w- is this more about psychology than it is actually about uh, a, a firewall against problems? Yes, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, what they, what they say in the press release, I'm just reading here, is the bank's strong liquidity position allows it to do these repurchases. So this is them saying, look, we have about 30 billion of outstanding senior unsecured debt. We're um, going after, or we're tendering for about 5 billion, you know, adding the dollars and the euro charges. Um, as you say, it's not going to make them a fortune, but it's demonstrating they have over 200 billion of cash on their balance sheet. And, it, and they're trying to calm the market and push away some of the obviously the bare leaders they've uh, had to deal with. I look, Chris, at where we are through the two models of the week and this constructive announcement, surely front-run by Mr. Schäuble's comments earlier. You had to believe he knew what was coming. Can you say crisis over? No, I don't think so. I think uh, it's, it's like we've seen perhaps in past crises, whereby I think we've reached another point where people are rethinking it and, and, and saying, hang on, has this gone far too far? And obviously Jamie Dimon's move last night to buy J.P. Morgan stock has had quite an interesting impact on the market, I think, um, saying, you know, in his view, you know, J.P. Morgan's decline have perhaps gone too far. Uh, and I think we, you know, hopefully this will add some stability. But I think we need other things like energy price to continue to, to rise and also the gap between the two-year and the 10-year to widen and, you know, push away a little bit fears about some um, negative interest rates having an impact globally. Well, we are seeing uh, CDS for uh, the financial industry in the United States, uh, particularly for investment grade and high, well, for both, but, but particularly for high grade, uh, high yield, uh, rather, um, drop uh, significantly. So it does look like maybe uh, people are more sanguine about the outlook. Yes, I mean, again, as I, as I just touched on there, I think, you know, we all feel better today, and I think, you know, people are now trying to address the direct <clears throat> concerns of the market. But, you know, we still have, you know, worries out there, you know, in the broader economy. And uh, yeah. so I, I feel, it's, you know, this is not the end by any means. Are we differentiating, though? Uh, unlike 2008, well, when it was like, what's the next thing to go down? You've been stealing from Elarian all morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's absolutely right, and I think you know I, again, you know, the, what 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 clients are talking to me about is the fact that their their problem, particularly around the bank space, is that they see banks that are much stronger, particularly the U.S. banks, which I focus on most of my time, but they don't understand quite why they've all gone down so much. But again, we've been looking at macro issues here, and as we start to see a little bit of stability, people will start to pick on the really good quality names, and uh, you know that's that's I think where people are going to put their money as they look to benefit from some kind of recovery in the stocks. Chris Wheeler, Atlantic Equities. Thank you very much. Uh, Deutsche Bank okay. shares uh, at the moment up by 10.5% yeah. in Europe, by 9.5% of the United States. 28 print on West Texas City Media. So, you know, we've got to be careful here, folks. There's been so much technical damage. Uh, I want to make clear we are not calling bottom. We are not calling breach through resistance. We're not trying to be smart here. We're just showing you what's off the Bloomberg. And the fact is futures up 20 
then up 13, and we've gone from up 13, up 14, to up 22 right now. Dow points up 165, Mike, 15, 7, first, 7, 6 on Dow. First day in a very long time. We we can say that yeah. almost all the news is good, Yeah, the, the discrete news items. And, and it's there, and we'll monitor it, and still oil. There's some mysteries there about what we saw last night. 27.99 a barrel on oil. 837 on Wall Street. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest news headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The World Health Organization says large-scale tests for a Zika vaccine are about 18 months away. Dr. Marie Paulini of the World Health Organization says researchers are studying two approaches against the virus. One is a DNA vaccine from the U.S. National Institute for Health, and the second is an inactivated product from Bharat Biotech, an Indian vaccine manufacturer. World powers agreed to a partial ceasefire in Syria's civil war. U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry says the truce would be a pause. Backing the accord reached in Munich were all of the major outside powers in the Syrian civil war, including the U.S., Russia, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Iran. South Korea says it has cut off power and water supplies to a factory park in North Korea a day after the North deported all South Korean workers there and ordered a military takeover of the complex. The jointly operated complex had been the last major symbol of cooperation between North and South Korea. The South suspended operations there in response to a North Korean rocket launch. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. John? Hi, Mike. Only local team playing last night. The Islanders, they won their third in a row, got three goals first period. They beat Los Angeles 5-2. to two. Johnny Boychick got it started, and he was happy to beat a team that is leading its division. They're one of the best teams in the league and have been for the last couple of years. And, I mean, the reason why they, they are, they're, they're a winning team and, you know, to beat them, it was, a, it was a good test for us. But now we have to just put it behind us and look forward to the next game. Which is tomorrow at Carolina. Kings and Rangers tonight at the Guard. NBA's hit the All-Star break. They'll play the Rising Stars and Celebrity Games tonight in Toronto. The actual game Sunday night. College basketball tomorrow will be quite a test for St. John's, who has lost 15 games in a row and now has to visit Villanova, who is ranked number one in the country. Last night, LIU beat Wagner. Wins for Manhattan, St. Francis, Fairleigh Dickinson, and Stony Brook, who's now won 17 in a row, longest win streak in the nation. American Chaz Revy at 863, one shot lead after one round at Pebble Beach. Phil Mickelson shot 67, Jordan Speed a 71. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashel. John, thanks so much. The headline from John Glover off the New York desk, uh, the London desk, rather, Deutsche Bank to buy back 5.4 billion bonds. They do that in euros and in dollars. The bank said in a statement, it's, quote, strong liquidity position allows it to do so. So there is the headline, and we see it with market improvement. Uh, futures up 22, Dow futures up 166. Best tape of the day, weaker yen is the global litmus paper, 110 was a handle in the crisis of Asia. Seems ages ago. I'm going to say it was 14 hours ago. Whatever it was, 110, 111, 112. We've been seeing a 113 print here on a weaker yen, 112.96. Right now, the euro was a 113, weaker, 112.44. 
and a little bit of U.S. dollar strength uh, as, uh, well, West Texas Intermediate with a 28 print up a dollar 76. Brent crude, 31.54 up a dollar 48. Gold was negative 8. It's now negative 13. 12.35 the ounce. Um, it's been an interesting week. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more information. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by UNC Keenan Flagler's full-time MBA program. UNC Keenan Flagler, shaping leaders, driving results. Learn more at mba.unc.edu. U.S. stock index futures are advancing in line with European equities and oil prices, indicating the S&P 500 will snap its longest losing streak since September. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 21 points. Dow E-mini futures up 154. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 42. The DAX in Germany is up 2.2 percent. Ten-year Treasury down 7.30 seconds. The yield 1.68 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 6 percent, up $1.57. It's at $27.80 a barrel. COMEX gold down 1 percent, or $12.20 to $12.35.60 an ounce. The euro, $1.1248. The yen, $112.85. Deutsche Bank saying it plans to offer to buy back about $5.4 billion of bonds in euros and dollars as it seeks to reassure investors that its financial position is solid. And retail sales increased for a third straight month in January as Americans kicked off 2016 by spending freely on cars, clothing, and online merchandise. The two-tenth percent increase matched the previous month's advance that was initially reported as a decline. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thank you so much. The future's up 22. It is 848 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Ramesh Panuru, a columnist for Bloomberg View. Even though everyone expected for weeks that Donald Trump would win the New Hampshire primary, the scale of that victory should unsettle both his rivals and the pundits. Trump won more than double the votes of the second-place finisher, John Kasich. He also swept nearly every demographic category. New Hampshire left the non-Trump candidates, for the most part, jockeying with one another to be the anti-Trump candidate rather than taking him on directly. The exit polls from the primary also contradict several theories about the Trump vote. He did no better among voters who feel betrayed by Republican politicians than among those who don't. Only 15% of voters listed immigration as their top issue. He won among voters who say their financial condition is improving. And he outperformed among voters who think the next generation of Americans will be better off. Because the exit polls make the sources of Trump's appeal less clear than ever, they don't suggest an obvious anti-Trump strategy, assuming, that is, that the other candidates wish to pursue one. I'm Ramesh Panuru. For more View, please go to BloombergView.com or View Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. It is good to speak to James Paulson. He has a perspective linking in economics into investment that wraps around a good and careful optimism. We speak to him now. Jim, is it a single-digit world? I mean, you know, whatever the institutional look back is, not one year, but three years back, five years back, anybody who was managing responsibly are all of a sudden is looking at single-digit returns, aren't they? I think so. Uh, 
Tom. I, I think so, at least over the longer term. The uh, the best part of this bull market is probably behind us uh, as far as the outsized returns. I think from here in, on if 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 the recovery lasts several more years, that return expectations ultimately are going to be about earnings growth, which is probably about uh, equal to what uh, GDP growth is, or a little less. So if if we grow at five uh, percent nominal GDP, maybe we have four percent earnings growth, and yeah. you get a couple percent for dividends, and maybe you could expect six yeah. percent buy and hold. Right now, we're probably have more upside potential because we're uh, probably on the lower end of right. uh, of the spectrum. Mike, uh, up 8.9% SPX back three years with dividends 11.1%. Yeah, we may be getting to the end of that run, I guess, Jim. Uh, you've suggested a, a note uh, out overnight that maybe it's time to go bottom fishing, and if, uh, if I may mix metaphors here with real fishing, uh, one of the difficult times to fish is when the water's all churned up, and, that, and that's where we are right now, correct? Yeah, yeah. but oftentimes when the water's all churned up, there's some big ones just below the surface. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. We've totally lost Tom. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, um, how, how are there really big ones out there now, or, or are we looking at um, finding – those stocks that will give you the six percent, but you're not going to hit the home run. Well, I, I think for where we are, there's pretty good uh, potential here for why I've had since year end a flat target on the S and P this year. We'll you know end up the year about 2050 where we started the year, but from here now, Mike, that, that's a 15 percent advance just to get back to even for the year. Um, I still think that's uh, possible. Um, you know, I, I like a few things we've done finally. This is almost the third 10% correction we've had in the last 15 months, dating back to late 2014. And this one finally has had some teeth in it. It has finally revalued stocks. The multiple uh, on a trailing basis is closer to 16 times earnings right now. It was uh, 19 times earnings at the top. That's a that's a significant revaluation that we I think needed. I I, I think for the first time uh, amongst all these corrections, we finally see some fear among investors. Sentiment mm-hmm. has been solidly gut checked. You know when when we went down in August last August. Most of the commentary was, oh, this is a refreshing pause or it's a good buying opportunity. Now what you're hearing is global financial contagion and, and a, a financial crisis in the bank stocks and the Fed's pushing on a string. I think, I think uh, the rush to treasuries, the rush to gold all suggest fear. So we've got a revalued market, sentiment completely washed out, and there's a positive catalyst coming, I think, is better economic data. And then this morning's retail sales numbers is uh, an example of that. You know the old saying, never stand between an American consumer and a cash register. <laughs> That's right. But they prove it over and over again. You know, I think the, the, the environment around the household is might be among the best of the recovery. they got, you know, very strong job market. Uh, they've got uh, high net worth, low debt service burden, the mortgage rates, you know, three and a half percent, and 
you got uh, uh, real income growth that's uh, hanging in there fairly well. Confidence is yeah. really fairly high levels. I think the consumer's going to be fine. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll go with that. But the last time you were on, Jim, you struck a more cautious, measured tone. You were certainly not a bear. I don't want to say that. But I, I think all of our listeners on a Friday in February, what's it, Mike, going to be, like 42 below zero here this weekend? Well, that's what we love like, about it's Jim. Like, is it's all, it's all, he's like there but for the grace of God. I mean, Jim, he's in Minneapolis. It's, it's 10 above zero when he's walking around in Bermuda shorts and flip-flops, Vikings flip-flops. You know, you know Jim, you know, I, I look at the caution you had last time around. A lot of our listeners feel that. How do you participate in your retirement plan? If you're cautious, yeah. what's the strategy? Well, you know, last time I was on, the market's quite a bit higher, and uh, you know, I, I kind of felt uh, that we might visit that 1800 area, which is where we've kind of yeah. Got. But you also thought Carolina would win, so what good? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I I I I get I I get uh, over the next few years, you know, expecting lower returns. I think that's correct. You know, like I said, six to seven percent rather than 10 to 12% or something. And I, I think that's correct. But even if we can do six, you know, that's still a lot more than the 2% core inflation or a 160 10-year yield uh, that you uh, – alternatives out there are 0% cash returns. So I think you you need to stay a little over-tilted towards equities uh, if, if for no other reason than uh, there just are not the return availability. And, it, and indeed, in bonds, there's risk that – uh, probably is more so than in stocks from here right now. So I think you got to stay tilted. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have, you know, perhaps a more in, uh, conservative investment posture in terms of the types of stocks that you have um, than you might have had three, four years ago. But I think to go completely away from stocks because you're concerned about what may happen mm-hmm. could damage you more if you end up in a bunch of bonds where we, we have yet to reset interest rates. Well, um, people are looking at, at equities and wondering, you know, about risk there uh, at this point as well. Uh, do you you're saying tilt towards equities, but isn't this really sort of time to tilt toward cash? I I don't see. I think a lot of this risk there turns out. I think the lows in this market this year are pretty close to where we are. We might break eighteen hundred on the S and P. I don't know if we go a lot lower. Um, I think. What I guess what I'm saying, Mike, is what what I like is I see people finally worried about risk in a big way. I see the emotion in this market finally coming out, which tells me that we're probably closer to the lows here. You know, we've had we've had a lot of risk. I mean, small cap stocks are down over 20 percent. The value line average stock is off more than 20%. International stocks are off that much. There's been a lot of carnage, and now we've finally got emotion that's caught up to that, and I think it's it's more likely time to uh, be buying again rather than running. Well, we got to get you back on again soon here to expand on what the buying uh, involves. We like to give you folks many different opinions. We do that with Mr. Paulson, uh, who has been more optimistic than many over the cycle a crisis that we've seen. To review, if you're just joining us, we get action on a Friday. The management of Deutsche Bank follows through with the uh, the uh, comments made, I believe it was by the journal, maybe it was by the FT, that they would take senior bonds, retire them, spend some money to do that is a signal of confidence that we got that with a vengeance about an hour ago. Futures up 21 
Dow Futures up 154. Michael McKee and Tom Keen trying to give you smart conversation on economics, finance, investment, and international relations. Another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs> 